from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Jonathan Small, and I am editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. My guest today is Dr. Edward W. Pearson, and Dr. Pearson is an MD with a specialty in microbiology and chemistry from the University of Florida. He began practicing as a primary care physician, but he was not happy with what he saw in conventional medicine. So Dr. Pearson set out on his own to find the education that would teach him how to truly heal people and prevent epidemics of chronic illness. And in 2007, Dr. Pearson founded the New Medicine Foundation, which has a global mission to elevate the health and health education of humanity. The company has set out to correct the ailing healthcare systems, not only in America, but worldwide. NMF is focused on global human health restoration with scientifically backed, evidence-based, natural biochemically balancing healing protocols. And Dr. Pearson works extensively with medical marijuana and psychedelics in his practice. And um, we welcome him to the show. Dr. Pearson, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Looking forward to this and uh, appreciate the invite. So tell me what it was about conventional medicine that you saw back then that was not resonating with you and that was concerning you and made you sort of switch gears from a traditional kind of medical background to doing what you do now? Uh, you know, it wasn't really, I didn't have to switch gears. I was always on this path. However, that was the point at which I realized I kind of had to go my own way. I entered medical school the same year I, I applied to chiropractic, osteopathic, and medical schools. I wasn't sure what the right path was. I knew I wanted to do something a little different. It, some of it was just kind of an intuitive draw that there's a need for something different I didn't really know yet. Got accepted to all three, you know, was off to either one of the three. And uh, as fate would have it, medical school certainly made a very strong choice for me. It was in Florida, which I've always, I'm from Florida, hometown, and, I, and I've done all my schooling here. And so that was attractive, of course. The school was USF Medical School. It was a well-known, really enjoyable school. And uh, so that's the path I took. I knew it would kind of open, keep, keep the doors open for me no matter what I chose. And coming through internship, uh, while I looked at all the med medical school was phenomenal, enjoyed it, enjoyed the rotation, enjoyed surgery and psychiatry and all the stuff that you have a chance to do. But again, I just didn't feel that passion. And after internship, I knew I needed to head in a new way, a new direction. I could not find this you know, integrative training back then that I was looking for. I was still very interested in all of these different modalities. And I saw the very powerful life-saving emergency care that we've developed in this country. It's phenomenal. I and mean, we're definitely really skilled at keeping people alive when things go wrong. But we're not skilled at keeping people healthy and vibrant and you know, full of vitality. And I think here, going on 20 years later, the tide's really shifting. And I'm thrilled because I've been out there doing this integration work for about 20 years. And it's really in demand. You know, People know we need to add something more to our healthcare system. And that's really what it's become. We have a great emergency care system. We need a healthcare system. And it can't be based on synthetic and toxic pharmaceuticals and surgeries until we need them. They're wonderful. They're powerful. But they're, they don't sustain you know, and restore health and vitality. There's better ways to do that. And it's uh, in demand in, in all different areas now. An integrative doctor once said to me, you know, people tend to only see the doctor when they're sick, right? And like you're saying, you know, we're in a life, life endangering situation, but you don't always think about the doctor to be healthy. <laughs> you sort of, people come at it from a kind of a different angle. 
do you get a lot of pushback within the medical community about how you practice medicine? Is it considered to be kind of a fringe thing or is it more accepted in the medical, at least in the West? I know in the East, what you do is probably much more accepted, but, but in the West. Right. It's happening in a much greater velocity now. It's always been accepted by accepting people, I will say, but certainly over my career, it's accelerating and I think now going exponential, which is why I'm excited. I see the tide turning and the things that have been, there, there are many specific things, events recently that have encouraged that kind of fueled the, the desire of people in, in this part of the world to look for different options. Right. And when did you start working with, with medical cannabis? Was that early on that you started to see some of the benefits of cannabis in your practice? Yes, immediately. A nice thing about having been kind of out there doing this for as long as I have, you know, I don't consider myself old, but fortunate to have been in this field for my whole career. So I didn't kind of spend a lot of time trying to find it. I, I found it early. So I've been here and things tend to come across my desk early, which is nice. So get to get my hands on a lot of exciting things. And, and cannabis was one of them here in Florida. Obviously, it came four years ago. The practices I was working with were all asking me if I was interested in becoming a medical cannabis physician. I said, of course, I don't know much about it yet. I'm not a marijuana person per se, although I'm very open to things. And certainly my trips abroad have been very eye-opening as to the freedom that people enjoy, but was totally new to cannabis, but jumped right in, saw the science immediately. I mean, it's, you know, when things are real and make sense, it's pretty obvious. And uh, the science behind CBD initially was was very obvious, you know, the endocannabinoid system. I mean, right there and some of the some of the early studies just showing how beneficial it was and safe, as I've learned most natural things, most natural things are, was interesting. Jumped in and got sucked into it and, and it's become a, a huge part of what I do in all different kinds of practices. And so it's just been a, it has been a opening door to our part of the world for what else is out there. And now it's really just exploding. What are your patients, generally speaking, and you probably get all sorts of different patients, but what is the sort of number one thing that they are looking to get from, at least in this case, we'll talk about medical marijuana first. Like what is, what are some of the things that it helps with? You know, right now and overall, I think there's mental health and there's physical health. And I think mental health is really driving things right now. There's a huge need and push for new remedies and mental health, you know, people want to be happy. They want to enjoy life. They want to have fun. They want to feel good. So it all wraps together, you know, and they want to feel good physically so that they can have energy and be active and do the things they love. But I think at the end of the day, it's just enjoying their time on earth. And that's a big thing. So cannabis has obviously greatly enables that in so many ways. It's been incredible for me to just open my eyes at the right time and say, whoa, this is okay. This makes sense. So be happy at helping them with their anxiety, helping them with their fear. Is that how it works psychologically? Yeah, I think, you know, the big ones are pain, you know, fear, happiness, sleep. You know, sleep is a big one. Relaxation and kind of unwinding from busy, stressful days, which is all the norm now, unfortunately. It helps a lot of different things. And it's a, really an incredible plant. And there's so much more to discover in it. The research is just racing. It's hard to keep up. And then here come probably close to a dozen other compounds that are right behind it that are going to be incredible. They're going to change the world. So what are the compounds coming up that you're really um, excited about that you think are going to change the world? Well, they're all considered entheogens of some type, you know, plant-based medicine, a term that people are, are wanting to get away from is psychedelics. And they do all have those potential powers. And that sometimes is part of the therapy and sometimes it's not. 
but ketamine is the one that's legal right now. It's really the only one that's legal in this country. That's you know having remarkable effects on people's health, just dramatic and and effect and quick, efficient, effective, powerful thing. And behind that, you start asking, well, what what else is out there? I had no idea. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there that's been used in other cultures for thousands of years, like DMT and ayahuasca and ibogaine, and you know all kinds of interesting compounds that people have been afraid of in this country for quite some time, and they're you know, Schedule One and illegal. Uh, since the 70s, because they do need to be regulated and respected. They're incredibly powerful. But when you figure out what to do with the power, with that power and apply it appropriately, medicinally, it's incredible. Absolutely blows your mind what these things are capable of doing. It is exciting. I wonder about the science, because I know that because they're Schedule One drugs, a lot of them, including marijuana, cannabis, um, you can't do as much research as we would like because of the restrictions. And it seems like, though, that you're seeing in your own research or maybe just in your own practice, anecdotally, you're seeing that this is effective. I'm just wondering how you know it's so effective. Science is key. At the end of the day, I'm always a scientist. I believe in seeing the proof in the pudding, you know, and I love science. And that's really a powerful tool that we have in our current day and age, and especially in this country. And we can rely on it quite a bit so that we feel like we know what we're doing and we know what we're doing and how, how to do it. So the science is really key for me to see. However, you know, first and foremost, there's going to be some some research happening, some anecdotal stories, you know, and you just have to kind of listen to your gut and intuitively be listening for the truth. And there's a lot of truth out there. So you may get it from a journal and the science and the research is great. Sometimes that can't even be quite trusted the way we should. And then there's other ways, there's other teachers and other wise people to listen to that might, might have some other information that you know is the truth as well. And that's what I'm so fortunate to be exposed to on an increasing basis now through my career, just the people that I'm able to make contact with and learn from, because there's just so much knowledge out there that we have yet to really uncover, but we need to apply the science. And in science is safety, in science is, is truth and power, reproducibility and teachability, which is important. And that's why this is the time. We're ready. We've done this. We're doing this with cannabis. It's incredible. And we're, do, we're going to be doing this with all, all of the rest of these compounds. And yes, they need to be released. I mean, the fact that cannabis is still on Schedule 1 boggles my mind. And I'm a very much a, a believer in medicinal applications of these things. But I think cannabis needs to find its way to, to the recreational federal level, get off Schedule 1, let us really go full speed on it and then everything else that's available as well. There are some that are dangerous and we always need to be careful. But with the danger comes the power. So Ibogaine being kind of the end all the grandfather, very powerful, can definitely kill you. But it can also, and does also, clear addictions and all kinds of mental and physical problems in day. And that's absolutely incredible. Look at what we're doing, dealing with, with the narcotic addiction industry. It's insane. It's a complete failure, really, for the most part. You know, there's some good aspects to these programs that we've been using for decades. But for the most part, the, the numbers of relapse and death are just unacceptable. So it's time for something that works much more powerfully. And that's really what we're out to get a hold of is all of these incredible, powerful compounds that are there and need to be respected and studied and researched, but then used as necessary to, to fix these problems and give people their lives back. When you talk to other doctors who are more skeptical than you and maybe not as quote unquote progressive as you that are not ready to kind of use cannabis in their practice and ketamine and things like that, plant-based, what are their concerns? What are the traditional doctors tell you that they're concerned about? Or what do you hear that they're concerned about? Well, that's something that I see a, a real shift in as well that I'm excited about. 
when we do things correctly, as we are doing with cannabis, I think we've approached this very well in the states that have adopted it, which are so many now. We're studying it. We are doing things the way we have come to expect them to be done as high-level educated professionals and doctors. We want to see things done correctly. This has absolutely been done correctly. And it was accepted very quickly. So that was really refreshing to me. I've never received too much disrespect or lack of belief in what I do, but certainly there was just disbelief because they didn't understand or they were because they were so, some doctors are just so overwhelmed with their practices. And some of the practices are very complicated and, you know, surgeries are complicated and they really don't have much room left in their brains for something new, but there wasn't a lot of backlash. But now with the science and the legalities handled for cannabis, it's very accepted by other physicians. Now, the other things that we're getting into, I think the success of cannabis and why this has really opened the door is because everybody sees it. It's pretty hard to deny, even from a, you know, maybe a hardcore cardiovascular surgeon or, or just a very high intellect person that hasn't had the time to study anything. I think the general acceptance of cannabis as being extremely effective for so many different things is pretty hard to deny. The new things coming has are already just being more accepted openly. So I think there's a lot of lack of understanding. I mean, until I really became in the right place at the right time with the right teachers, I certainly had never even heard of this stuff. And this is recent. You know, I've been involved in cannabis for four years, integrative medicine for 20, CBD maybe a year or two before the, the THC hit Florida. But all of these other things were very new to me in the past year or two. But I was so intrigued and interested because of what I'd seen already in cannabis. I think most Physicians and medical professionals see that there are other things out there. They may say, whoa, what? In the, you're going to do what? With what? <laughs> but when I have those conversations, I just say, just keep an open mind. I felt the same way for a split second. But it passed quickly because I know, I just know that this is it. And I have stayed away from mental health, the integrative methods for mental health, because I definitely do not like the over application of psychiatric medications. Granted, they can be extremely useful in the right times. But I think for the most part, we have been over-prescribing these very powerful neurochemical agents way too aggressively for 20 years. I feel the same way about a lot, of, a lot of other medications. But at the same time, I didn't see any real good answers. I didn't see effective treatments that made sense to me. I didn't see effective alternative treatments that worked that well. You know, I like things to work. I like things to get fixed quickly. And it's, it's here with, this, with these compounds. It's just right in front of your eyes. I mean, when you see a handful and then 10 or 20 or 100 or more testimonials of people just saying, this fixed me, gave me my life back in a matter of days, weeks. That's powerful. So when you mentioned these anti, like these um, serotonin uptake, the, like the, the um, Zoloft's of the world and things like that, a lot of people are on those types of medication, antidepressants, anti-anxiety. What are replacements for that in a, in a natural plant-based that, that are effective? Are you finding a cannabis and CBD and, and certain psychedelics are helpful? Yes, I believe there we have two big ones right now and there are more coming. Cannabis was the first and we use it in all kinds of different applications from just general health and relaxation, good sleep and recovery to, from a long day to addiction because it's a very effective symptom management method for withdrawal that people will, will definitely experience from opiates and other, other medications like benzodiazepines. Cannabis will physically and mentally do things that are very needed for those withdrawal symptoms. It's not treatment, but it manages the symptoms. Ketamine is the other one that's legal right now. And we know quite a bit about it because we've been using it very openly in several different applications, including addiction treatment. And this is really, seems to be an alternative cure, cure. I mean, actually a cure for depression, anxiety, stress, PTSD, even bipolar and suicidality. And it's quick. It, it can work in one treatment. We like to do 
upwards of six, and you will receive booster treatments down the road because there are definite and understandable mechanics as to why these conditions develop in a stressful and traumatic world, and it can be explained. But it rewires the brain amazingly powerfully. I mean, we're talking one treatment, and you can see a tremendous increase in dendritic and neuronal growth that immediately increases dopamine and serotonin. So instead of blocking the reuptake in a very dangerous way and in a very addictive and toxic way that is very hard to undo because when you remove that blockade, you have all kinds of bottleneck releasing problems. Anxiety will go through the roof. Depression will go through the roof. I mean, all these things will rebound tremendously with any synthetic blocking mechanism. These agents naturally fix it. So ketamine somehow increases neurogenesis and you, you rewire your brain. You heal your brain. You heal the, it's called the burst effect of trauma, stress, and chronic anxiety and worry that turns off pleasure centers. It turns off your serotonin and dopamine to make you more survivable. And ketamine simply reverses that. It's incredible. And are we talking about microdosing here? We hear that word bandied about a lot. Or are we talking about like a full-on big, I don't know, what, what's the opposite, a real dose, <laughs> a significant dose that would actually really alter your you know, consciousness? Yep. It's a dissociative anesthetic. So at high doses, as we're used to using it for over a half century, very safely, it puts you in such a dissociative state that you're basically out of body and you're kind of just unaware of what's going on. It's part of a really thorough anesthetic effect. However, afterwards, people begin all saying, I feel so much better. I feel happier. I'm not stressed anymore. What's going on? This is the last 10 years or even 20 years. It's been, this has been floating around. You need to get into that dissociated state. Yeah, that dissociated state. So I'm trying to, having never done ketamine, I'm always really curious about the way it makes you feel. When you're high or when you're, I don't know if the high is not, when you're stoned, I don't know what the, I don't know what the medical term is, but when you're feeling the medical effects, yeah, when you're altered, you are aware that you're feeling that way, right? You're just, yeah, it feels different. You're conscious. It feels different than what you're normally used to, but you're aware usually about what's happening to you and you are kind of like, you can observe it. <laughs> but when you say like an, it's an anesthetic, you know, when I go to have surgery and I get an anesthetic, I, I wake up and I don't remember anything, right? Is it more like, is ketamine more like that? Is something's happening, but you're not really like consciously aware of it while it's happening. And then when you wake up, you feel a little bit better or, or when you when you come out of your ketamine, your ketamine meditation here, or are you kind of aware of what's happening the whole time? Yes and no. And that's the amazing thing about these compounds. And I'm not super experienced either, but I am half smart and I'm, I'm really enjoying the research that we're doing on multiple levels. The dissociation, I think, is necessary to know that it's in your brain doing what it does. You are out of body. You will go farther and farther out of your body. And eventually there's stories of K-holes and all this stuff. I think it's just anesthesia. You pretty much go to sleep. Or you're, you're unaware. You're not moving and you're, it is what it is. But in that dissociative state where you are still aware, and as you learn how to kind of glide with these compounds, you're not flying the plane, you're gliding with it. You're going where it takes you. And, it, and your, your brain's going to take you where these, these agents tell it to go. And usually it's going to go to something that needs to be handled in a positive way. Sometimes you do have to relive a little bit of that to get it sorted, kind of pull it off the shelf, put the pages back in order, put it back on the shelf. And that's what these things allow you to do. So you're definitely out of body. You're definitely, you want to be unaware of what and who you are. That's the best way to, to describe it. But over time and repeated treatments, you do become kind of aware that you're unaware. You're able to kind of go with it and enjoy it more and more. Microdosing is something different. You know, there's a lot of research going on into all of that as well with all of these compounds from LSD, MDMA, ketamine, you name it. I think they have different applications. I think we're going to find a couple different levels of applications for a lot of these things. With ketamine, for sure, that's really the only one I'm, I'm involved with directly that I've, I've uh, experienced a little bit, and it's incredible. 
but I don't know much about the others. There's so much to learn. And I'm sure that they all tell tell their own story their own way. So in your practice, ketamine, as far as the, the psychedelic psychedelics, ketamine is the one that you are the most familiar with. You don't work that much with MDMA or some of the, um, the psilocybin I know was legalized recently in a few states. Yeah. Not something that you have in your practice yet. They're coming. No, we don't have, we really don't have access to them. That's what we're trying to do with mind army is get these things released immediately because we need them. There's a huge epidemic of mental health problems coming and they all serve a purpose. And we need to be studying these things right now. Like yesterday, we see this problem developing right in front of our eyes because of all the things going on in the world. Uh, people are extremely stressed out. I mean, that's the most stressful part of my job is just my patients that come in to me that are, you know, abiding by these very restrictive rules that are just really stressful. It's just really not not healthy. And I think the stress is really outweighs the benefits of a lot of what we're doing. It amazes me that Florida is not a legal state, recreationally legal, because it's so progressive in a lot of ways. But also, I guess it's also a red state, so maybe maybe not so much. <laughs> but I guess the, my you know, experience of it is that it is no, no comment. Yeah, exactly. No, we won't get political here. But I think that how do you, as a doctor, choose the products that you prescribe? Because I guess it's going to be different for each doctor in each state. Because as we know, the way and I'm talking about cannabis here specifically. Sorry, if you're a medical doctor, you might be familiar with you know a Zoloft, whatever it is, like that the, these drugs that have been around forever. But cannabis, there's different strains, there's different doses and strength. And how are you able to manage that as a doctor? And how do you make those decisions? Like what brands to prescribe and what doses and stuff like that? Yeah, it's overwhelming. Cannabis is an amazing plant. I mean, we have so much to learn. You know, just like with any medicinal compound, whether it be synthetic or organic, we work with others, other professionals we trust that know more. Pharmacists, dispensary experts. I know a lot but I don't know everything and they, they know more, especially about their own products because the way the dispensaries have been set up in our state anyways, they're all private organizations and they have their own research and development and their products are different. Now they, they're similar. I describe it as someone going to buy a car. I'm going to get you give you a license, make sure you're safe to drive. And then you can go to whichever brand or dealer you want and they all have sports cars and sedans and trucks and SUVs, but they're all different and you need to learn those aspects from them. I know a bit, but I don't, I don't know everything. So we work with the dispensaries just like we work with pharmacists to maybe get more education and, and team brainstorming as to what might be best for this particular person. And with cannabis, it's so new and there's so much out there, the strains and the terpenes and holy moly, so much more coming. And it's going to be that way with all of these agents. I see a tremendous amount of research coming and we're going to be getting on board with the, uh, you know, we're, we're very close with the organizations that are working with LSD and MDMA. And there's a lot of research happening. Psilocybin is definitely coming soon. My view is we need, we need all of this right now. And I think I kind of start with the top down. Let's get Ibogaine. Ibogaine is the one that's the most dangerous, but it's also the most powerful. And it's the one we almost need the most because of the addiction problem. So let's start with the top down and say, let's go ahead and unlock Ibogaine and let us research it and use it now. And then everything else should come more easily. I don't think we need to kind of wait, wait, wait to climb this chain of this ladder of, of potency or strength. I think we just need to get it all. And I, yes, it's, yes, it needs to be controlled. I'm all for regulation. I think we've done an amazing job with cannabis and we can do the same amazing job with all of these compounds and get them in our hands to use to help people immediately. Well, this is fascinating. I, I wish there were more doctors like you in the world that were open to this, but it seems like there are more and more you're finding there's more and more doctors. I know that if I go to my primary care, he's not going to be recommending cannabis, which is probably means I need to find a new primary care physician. <laughs> that's surprising. Yeah. That's been, I've been shocked with how open it's been. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Well, Dr. Pearson, thank you for all the work you're doing and, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. 
Absolutely. I actually, you know, real quick, not to pitch something, but Mind Army is the campaign that is really powerful to get this stuff unlocked. It's taking some, you know, charitable donations and really trying to get this done quickly. CatMD is going to be launching their beta system. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what Mind Army is. Well, Michael Zaplin, known as Zappy, yep, he's an incredible guy, thrilled to be on his team. And um, he's got the insight to really be leading this mission in this country from what I see in, in a lot of ways, uh, along with the researchers and all the other clinics that are getting on board. But KetaMD is going to be our telemed-based platform that's beta launching here soon to do home therapy for KetaMed through sublingual trochees, all monitored online by a nurse and you know, very professional and highly regulated. And Mind Army is his is his mission to go get the rest of the things unlocked at the federal level, whether that be an executive order or what, to say, let's get this stuff here now, because there is a huge, huge epidemic coming of suicide, anxiety, alcoholism, and depression and other drug use. And to deal with all of the stress and the craziness that's really afoot, we just need to be able to relax, think straight and go through life and do our part. And these things will, I think, will help a lot of people do that much more easily and enjoy their lives and be happy and healthy. That's great. Well, again, Dr. Pearson, thank you. And if people want to find out more about you or about Mind Army, what, where should they go? Mindarmy.org. And then my site is newmedicinefoundation.org as well. Well, again, thanks again and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Dr. Pearson. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com. Check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's rightaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.